0: RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. On Reality Check Radio, you've heard from some of the party leaders from the various parties around as we head to the general election for 2023, now uh, just on 16 weeks away. We haven't heard, though you've heard, I think, Helen Halton on the station already, but we haven't heard from the leader of the new Conservative Party until this moment. Ted Johnston is the leader and he joins us hi ted thanks for coming on reality check radio
1: thanks a lot but actually only helen's able to focus her energies full-time on it so i've stepped down from co-leader to uh deputy leader because i'm okay. still working full-time so that's that's where we stand but the thing is in in this matter it doesn't matter whether you're a leader or a member if you don't get into parliament it really makes no difference
0: right well that's uh and that's that's the the big ask right and it is a big ask yes. right now It's I mean is it within the realms of possibility though do you think I mean I know anything is
1: yes uh, my my opinion of all of the parties is this currently we're the eighth biggest party we're polling about eighth we're registered for example we appear in the polls all the time we've hit 2.7 percent last year 2.5 percent about a couple of months or so ago so we're up about halfway on a good day right now none of the other parties aside from top and above and New Zealand first and those in parliament are actually really in the running uh, we're the biggest sort of center right to right-wing party out there and the funny thing is of course you've got something that doesn't occur on the left like for example top does really well but on the right center to right we've got splintering non-stop we've got brand new parties popping up we've got dnz democracy New zealand we've got um the Leighton Baker party now popped up we've got some other nice ones as well like one party and other ones that are around there but there's a lot of splintering in that area if you put all the votes together say for example DNZ had a high point I think 1.6 put that with our 2.7 we're up there over four percent straight away the problem yeah. is the splintering and
0: that's I'm going to ask area. you about that all of that shortly and policies and everything just a, a bit about your background okay. uh, w- what do you bring to this effort
1: okay well I've been a well I've got qualifications I've got a science degree in molecular genetics virology and immunology and psychology I've got a BA in psychology as well with anthropology as a major Um, I've also uh, got a law degree been practicing for the last 30 years out in South Auckland I grew up in Otara and spent the last 30 years or so non-stop working five days a week uh, 50 weeks a year at the Manukau, first who there, Manukau District Court. So I'm right in the middle of a lot of the, the things happening out there. And also I've represented uh, uh, the community. I've previously been on the Otara Community Board, uh, Boards of Trustees, advisory to the Pacific on Chair of the Advisory Committee, the Manukau City Council when it was in. So I, I've been around a long time, but the thing is, as a lawyer, I'm just a cog in a machine we don't make the rules all we do is enforce them and politics and parliament is where i can do the most good we look at us now at all the cost of living crisis the monopolies that are out of control whether it's the banks the petrol stations the supermarkets etc causing a lot of suffering to our people out in south Auckland etc and and the safety issues um the policing something's not being done right we all know that the current governments whether it's labor or national we have this constant dance of passing the baton of power between them but nothing ever really changes they don't have to be good all they've got to be is better than the other one and so we're constantly voting for bad and worse so what we say is no we want to vote for something that's good where we stand as a party is that we uh we pretty much think of ourselves middle of the road in fact 10 or 20 years ago our social policies would have been central however every other party in parliament has now gone extreme far left so that leaves us sort of they say we're far right we're not We're the center of the road we're basically sensible reasonable policies like look after families um things like strengthen the economy um uh, support primary industries look after workers because if workers don't have money to spend it won't help industry look after small businesses retain nat- uh, national sovereignty protect our rights and freedoms. We effectively want to just carry on from what Jeffrey Palmer did and the Greens Party and make the Bill of Rights supreme law. Merely entrenching it won't work as long as Section 4 exists there, which means that they don't have to follow it. They can ignore it like they have done. Because one thing you have to remember is whatever we've seen, the only thing we can guarantee is that as long as government has absolute unbridled power, they will keep stretching that and pushing it even more to the limit. So whatever we have seen now, expect worse. That's the only thing you can guarantee. But what I can bring is this. I believe that with my expertise and knowledge, et cetera, I can help make this country a better place. I can get out there and also try to create a party with us that we are not like national in that we want to give the right a heart. We want to give common sense to the left, create a, a party, in fact, What we really would aim for is once we get into Parliament is create a third major party that actually looks after the people. There's no accountability. There is no credibility in in most of these political parties. All we see is a constant struggle for power while little benefit is done to the ordinary people. And that's what we want to stand for. We want a better New Zealand. We want to look after families. We want to help our community and not with self-serving parties or professional politicians. Now, you may think that that sounds like a lot of other parties too, and it is. And in reality, with a lot of parties like DNZ, like Leighton Baker Party, et cetera, we're all singing from the same songbook. It's all the same thing. We basically agree on most policies. In fact, you'd almost think that they looked at our policies and say, well, take that, it looks good. Um, us, of course, being around for quite a few years, and a lot of them, what, one year, a few months. But what I'm saying there is they need to start thinking about not – about who's running or who's leading it but rather thinking about are we going to make a change and the reality is whatever hopium i heard one other person say that's what they do is realistic um even us at two and a half percent at times that's not enough by itself to break without some sort of major change and unless there's effectively a miracle it won't happen so what we're saying is no we need to get together we want to get together and get everyone in there to make changes. We can't make any changes outside. And it's better for them to say, I've got 20% or 30% of something than 100% of nothing.
0: Yeah, pulling something like that together, though, in the time is quite an ask, though. Oh,
1: definitely. I mean, I've spoken to all of them. I've spoken to everyone from, well, basically all the leaders of these parties. And not only that, we've also approached the New Zealand First and acted everybody, basically, and have a chat. And I had, I think, Brian over matt king sue gray everybody and had a chat with them because um, you may not agree with everyone and everything but you sit down you talk that's the whole point even in a political party you're not going to agree on everything it's about discussing and the reality is we've done a lot of those talks and it is possible to pull something together if the people start facing reality and realize and a lot of them have but they think they've given up they think well we're just going to build up for next year but a lot of them do realise they've got no hope of winning a seat, and anyone who says they can win a seat is talking nonsense. I mean, you've had Jim Anderton win one, you've had Winston win them, but aside from special situations like Chloe in Auckland, you will never see it happen. So anyone who tells you that they can win a seat and bring themselves into Parliament, whether it's Illam or whether it's Northland, is talking nonsense. The reality is you're only going to get that percentage, and the only way you can get that in a guaranteed way is by making coalitions.
0: Yeah, but you gotta have people put aside egos and ambition. Definitely. And I don't know yes. if that's at play. It's hard hard to know. Yes. I agree with your like sense? Herding
1: cats, someone said. Yeah. And I've spoken to a lot of these people, and and um there's a lot of unrealistic expectations. There's there's a lot of this, but the thing is, as they get closer and closer, it's a bit like a person when they come to the door of a court. Everything's fine, but as soon as they sit down and they're facing the door, of uh, jury trial starting, they start thinking, maybe I need to actually do something. Now, a lot of those discussions have already been made between parties. As to whether that will actually occur is another issue. But not much needs to occur. You see, the thing about the the small right area is this. The only reason Winston gets in is because of the fact that people think, well, I don't want to vote Labor. I don't want to vote national. He could make a difference. He'd have the balance of power. If we can pull something together here, we will have the balance of power, not Winston, because a lot of people remember what happened in 2017 when he gave the government to Labour. And many haven't forgotten that. And when they, they don't know where well, they can rely on him to go to right or left, whatever he says. The reality is that we're reliable. We've never lied to the public here. We're going to get out there. And we are ordinary people. People are working people. We haven't spent all our time with jobs and various other areas, or straight into parliament as professional politicians we are there to get a job done i'm there solely to get into parliament get a job done and my task i believe is to try and draw a lot of these smaller parties together to do that that's my aim
0: okay um there's a sense amongst many people and many in our audience that something is not right yes there's something very wrong very wrong
1: where everywhere
0: well, everywhere, but th- there's a a sinister feeling to things. I don't think I'm, yes, you know, being too over the top. That is what people, many people, think. Uh,
1: okay, but, but tell me where so I can comment. Well, on okay, um, I, I can't comment on a nebulous um, statement.
0: Uh, okay, well, I'm just wondering if you ha- have that sense as well. I mean, you should know okay. because you um, are close to the people, and um, okay. and, and you need you to say know right?
1: relating to what um, the
0: whole. Well, okay, the on every front, every front. Okay on social engineering, on that front. Oh, definitely. Look, the problem is this. The I mean, wait on, with respect, you should have been able to pick up on that. Oh, no, look, I can tell, but what I'm saying is... Rather than just asking me, me what you're all, you you should know that. Should, okay, should you not? Know.
1: So ask me, I'll give you my answer. Okay. okay. This is the thing. We've got a situation now where once upon a time, Labour and National used to constantly change uh, the laws. Labour would get in power, change all the laws, and National would get in And swing them all back. I remember when I was at law school, I learned about the Labor Relations Act. As soon as I finished that, it was worthless because the act was changed immediately by the incoming government. Now we don't have that. We've got a situation where all the social policies of labor effectively shared by national. National used to be a a sort of central to right area socially. But now, because I suppose it's so infiltrated with liberal people, it's basically paralyzed so they're all far left with regard to social policies I mean there is a serious wrong there but not just that we've seen what happened with the government at the um, protest I went down and made a couple of speeches to say look we have to protect our rights and the government imagine a government that is able to um, stop the press from talking to people that gets the other opposition parties to sign up agreement yeah that is a real fundamental denying of our rights. So well, That's what I mean about
0: something right. very wrong. There's an example.
1: Well, there's many things. I mean, mm. you could spend the but whole the- thing on that, but um, I really want to tell you about my party. That's why I'm here.
0: Oh, no, so no, but I, 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 But those. also we need to, to know that, you know, that you're across these things. I'm not trying to do oh, a No, gotcha No,
1: anyway. no we, we spot these things and we're going to deal with them. We've got to protect our rights and our sovereignty, etc. We want to make sure that... Um, our rights are protected. That we have create a better life for our people in New Zealand, and that's basically what we're after: family, protect families, uh, give opportunity so, to
0: people. So, so, so it would be it's a policy, let's say, or or an ambition of your party to undo what's being taught in schools, regender, well, look, the for example.
1: This. Oh, definitely. Look, the thing is this: um, they banned religion from schools now. I agree, for example, the, the state should not be run by by religion. We know the Star Chamber in previous history about that sort of thing. But instead, they've replaced it with their own nearly uh, religious ideologies. They're teaching, for example, gender theory as fact. These are their own ideologies. And taking the right, right of parents to decide for their children and their families what is right and what is wrong. Whatever your version of right or wrong, you should have it. In a fair and independent society, we believe that everyone should be able to eke out their own existence without harassment and find their own personal happiness. Now, as long as you don't tread on anyone else and force your views on others or demand that everyone kowtow to you, then we should just all get along and protect everyone's rights. When one group of unelected people who are given extreme powers over uh, local government, central government and schools, et cetera, to demand that other people have to kowtow to their ideologies, that is wrong, and that is an attack on everyone's rights. And that is what's being done at the moment.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it doesn't seem to be based on in reality, so that's an issue yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, we could I talk about it's, that.
1: It's been doing happening without the public's knowledge, without many parents' knowledge or consent. Look, if they want their children to learn that, that's their choice, that's fine. But it shouldn't be done... And not only that, but as I understand, teachers now being sacked because they don't give the proper pronouns, I can't demand that you call me sir. I can't demand these things, yet one small group is able to demand that I have to respond in that fashion. They have no right to attack my freedom of speech. Freedom of speech requires two things, a right to be heard, and secondly, it also demands a right to disagree and dissent, and in fact, to oppose. I don't have to celebrate anything you demand. I don't have to support your rugby team or whatever. That is my right, and I respect your right to oppose me as well.
0: In that case, I think it was more than just sacked, deregistered, which means you're out of your career. So that's a hell of a price to yeah,
1: pay. it is, and and uh, we're completely opposed to that because it's not even a matter of fact. It's just something was slipped into there without any decision. And that is the problem with what this government is constantly doing, the Labour government. Whilst they have their policies and tell us, they are of slipping in their own ideologies without consulting the public without asking us or asking parents what they want in their schools or anywhere else they're constantly just pushing their own agendas and we oppose those agendas
0: well that's because they know most people would say no
1: (laughs) that's right exactly what the situation is they're slipping it under the deck unseen by the time people realize it it's done
0: Okay, here's something. This is the elephant in the room, and you yes. have a background in this, so you uh, sound qualified to comment on this. Right. One thing that's not being talked about, but it's out there. People right. are suffering after these vaccines. How are you going to address yes. that if you're anywhere near the levers of power? Because there needs to be an accountability there, surely.
1: Look, I think the first thing we need to do is a proper examination, removal of this disinformation uh, project or whatever it powers, because if there was ever a thing that was properly named, it's the disinformation project and uh, likewise the higher salaries commission that's all they do give out higher salaries yeah so yeah so the thing is there no we would want an investigation of this because as the government was saying we're the sole source of truth but the problem is it does seem that this truth is what the government believes is their policy that what we need is a proper investigation and that's what I would ensure that we have an investigation of that to find out what the real facts are for the people and it would be make the government accountable.
0: Um, there's a Royal Commission that's planned, but the terms of reference are, are, are narrowed to the point where it excludes the main point. So if you had the chance and you were negotiating a position um, in any sort of uh, agreement, what are the bottom lines on that? Okay,
1: this is the thing. Winston's already showed us the pathway to do with a balance of power. The reality is, look what he got last time. If you're in there with Labour and National, you will have massive power to make demands. The first thing we would do, of course, is make a 3.5% um, level for the um, threshold. That would actually mean that for the first time ever, um, a party created after what 1996 when MMP came in would actually get into parliament. We want a fair election. The two parties got together and fixed it. Like they did a lot of things, like they always worked together effectively to keep themselves in power. It's just a matter of which one of them. So, we would do that. But we would also say we want to open that thing up to where it
0: will lead. Okay, then there's that you mentioned sovereignty. Um, one the of the issues that's starting to range yes. up on people who haven't been following things is the international health regulation amendments of the WHO, which could see us losing our sovereignty over right. anything to do with a, any. Um, medical concern of international significance or however they term it
1: our position is simple we will not bow down or kowtow to the UN or any other organization we are a sovereign nation and that will be our choice if we want to agree to something we agree to what we want to accept we are not bound nor forced to follow what they are and like you said the second thing that I'd like to make sure is that we will make the bill of rights supreme law that just doesn't mean entrenched entrenched just merely means that you can't change it easily you lock it in what 60 percent, 75 percent? we want to make it supreme law remove section four so that they the, the government is no longer in unbridled power the problem is we have the three branches of power not like the us where they have balances there's no balance the um, judiciary are just under the control of the government you have the um executive which is completely controlled by the legislature because whoever wins the legislature election becomes the executive and chooses their that. So there's no control. They've got absolute power since they removed the upper house. And what we want to do is by doing that, forcing them and bringing the court up to the position where it can actually judge and say, no, you're breaching powers. That will finally leash the powers of our uh, legislature in parliament.
0: Okay, there also seems to be a lot of power in the bureaucracy, more than ever, is the perception anyway. Do you think that needs a a, a deconstruction first and then a complete reconstruction? Because there seems to be unelected officials making big decisions that are affecting people's lives. They never voted for them. Definitely. Look, the problem here is that
1: they now believe their job is to make excuses for the minister and support the minister and work for the minister. Their job is to work for the public. What we want to do is make more of them less accountable to the ministers. Our problem is effectively Section 6 of the Constitution Act 1986, and that says that only MPs can be ministers. And we have the problem there that you've got absolute incompetence, is the only way I can, can comment on the last few ministers and the ones getting sick recently. There's no one competent, yeah. and they're constantly having their departments backing them. And of course, when they choose and appoint people. We need to make these. These government departments less politically uh, malleable, less politically controlled by making sure they do not appoint the people from the departments. Um, When you get a situation where they they can appoint most people, they've got complete control. Of course, they have absolute control. They have to be taught that the department is not under the command of the minister. The department is a government department, and the minister will create a certain power. If we have to restrict the powers of ministers, we'll do that.
0: And it seems that talent is an issue there.
1: They've got one thing, getting elected. But in reality, of all those ministers, et cetera, that you see, how many would you even shortlist to be in that position? Basically nobody. I mean, I've seen a few lawyers that have been little, would no doubt be qualified for... um, Minister of Justice or Minister of Police, you'd have some experience. But generally, you're looking at people swapped, like, shuffled cards from one area where they've shown competence to another. Uh, you wouldn't even hire those people.
0: Well, I was thinking of public servants as well. I was thinking of senior public oh, yes. servants. I mean, the Director General of Health completely screwed everything up.
1: Well, look, I mean, take a look at all those. Look, that's another thing. Um, you have to wonder when you're looking what sort of political friends different people have to get a position like that with their degree of incompetence. No, we will make sure that people are chosen not for, I suppose, race or any other issue, but or gender or whatever sexual um, things that they doing Quotas. Like to do, or that's their business. Um, but rather, you don't get preference for that sort of thing. You get it for competence. If we want to run a competent government, you put in competent people. If you want to get your car fixed, you don't get someone say, well, he's the person I like, even if he has no knowledge of cars, go fix my car. You get someone who's competent to do the job. And that's why people should vote New New Conservative because we will fix up New Zealand. We will clean up New Zealand.
0: Okay. Another worry is uh, tension. And I don't know. In fact, you'd have a very good view of this. It seems rising tension and it's kind of feels like it's being ginned up between races yes um is is that something that you uh, are sensitive to well we all are but see as an issue and how do you deal with that
1: well the problem is of course that the funniest thing of all is when you have for example white supremacists alleged and arguing with brown people but you've got to remember that forgetting one thing that is. Um, it's not the other people of another race that put them where they are, struggling at the bottom against each other. It's the wealthy. The reality is that you will always get that sort of thing, you know, and politicians will prey on it for benefit. But you do want a situation where people don't just get benefit. And a lot of times, the people are picking on Maori people, etc. cetera, and I'm part Kugala, Maori, Maori, et cetera. But the thing is, The people are picking on them for their race. But you have to remember, most of the urban Māori and they receive nothing. The iwis get a lot of money. They get a lot of power. But you see how much money from all those settlements gets into anybody's pocket who's living out in South Auckland. The reality is you don't pick on a whole race for that. There will definitely be some benefit to some. If you want to look at real colonisation, you look at the Labour Party taking over the Māori seats. Now, you've got a situation there where they were created um, last century to give Māori a voice. But they don't speak with the voice of Māori now. They speak with the voice of the Labour Party, the Labour Party line. So if you want to talk about racism, look there.
0: Yeah, but, uh, you know, some of the uh, the perception of New Zealanders is that they're having stuff sort of put in their face when they weren't asking for it, not because they disrespect anyone, but because th- that's just not them. And then when um, when they express any pushback let's say uh, not necessarily at the group but the people inflicting right. this upon them which are usually public servants and politicians that is then pointed back to them as see you're racist you yes, see what so i mean it, about ginning it that, up that's
1: quite common i mean it's often a weapon used but it doesn't protect the uh politically correct i mean look at the universities for years supporting the left and the political left line and look a lot of them are getting sacked Sticking to the party line is not going to help you.
0: Yeah, that's a good be
1: point. Line next to be dumped. The reality is that people always try to push these issues, and, and every race, believe it or not, thinks that they're the best. Look, yeah, I, I grew up in both, and everyone looks at the other race and go, "Oh, look, they're a bit strange in how they do this." And if you've lived in different countries, you see the same thing. I've lived in London for a year. I've lived in Australia. I've lived in Samoa. Everyone looks at some other race because they are different. And you think, they're strange in this way, but they're interesting in that way. And everyone thinks our race is always the best. It's just natural humanity. People tend to think that they're the best at, at, at different things. Yeah. And when you up, right, for example, I'm half Samoan, half Kiwi, you, you live in both worlds and, and you see both sides and see yeah. that people are people. And they're good people everywhere. What really makes the difference is whether you're a good person. That is the most important thing.
0: Yeah, but when people uh, suspect the political yeah. class of using this in a weaponized way. That is not a good thing. That is, no, of course that, not. You know, that's really bad. And it should be opposed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, New Zealand's got to wash its face, cost of living. You mentioned that earlier. Um, so any, um, even in a coalition situation, any uh, political movement has to have an economics plan or a vision of where... A country can be economically because that is ultimately the the wealth well-being right. of a country okay. what, what, what what's your kind of overview of that
1: okay first overview we want to support our primary industries the problem is we've seen now in England they're trying to have massive culling of well they're trying to push for massive culling of the livestock etc anyone who managed to convince New Zealand that a cow is the same, you know, giving off methane is the same as burning fossil fuels um, is ridiculous. They're not. And now they're trying to say sheep are also like that. The reality is imagine 1.4, 2.4 billion people out there breathing. That creates carbon, right? But that's regarded as natural, so they don't consider that in populations. Yet what is more natural than ordinary animals? The reality is all this focus on global warming, it does seem to be happening, it does seem to be warming up. But how much is made by people and how much can we put on the back of our own community? If we yeah. stop trying to virtue signal all the time and spend money on that, how about spending money on the welfare of our community? And as for our economy, we want a strong primary industry. We want to look at um, mining our own um, coal or oil, etc., cetera, from our area. Why are we bringing in this even worse high sulfur content stuff from overseas. And if you're talking about carbon footprints, it takes more to ship that over here with some people's crazy ideas. They want us to live in the Stone Age. The only way you can get carbon zero, I suppose, is to live in caves and eat vegetables. But even um, then you're just contributing not to methane. <laughs> <laughs> well, even then, I doubt you'd have zero.
0: I yeah, mean, you we've would, got people who
1: live, and, and it's also become more than just a, it's not even science, it's a religion. When you start going, the new heretics, are The deniers, as soon as someone says something, they say, you're a denier, and that immediately switches it off, um, switches off everything. And people have made accusations, et cetera, and they won't listen to you. The reality is we must get past that in our society and get back to normal debate. You won't get debate when people, for example, are shouted down, screamed over, bashed, or noises are played so loud that you can't even be heard and that is what I said freedom of speech requires also you have a right to be heard you have a right you can't be sort of put away in a corner where no one can hear you or shouted down by baying mobs when you want to speak you have a right I may disagree with you you may disagree with me but if my ideas are no good why are people so afraid of the ideas because people may think if you listen they make sense and if they well, don't
0: make sense, it can be challenged. Well, people want to control people, don't they? Definitely they want to control them. Um, we we used to have that, by the way that that was yeah. the default. Uh, it seems that recently that's that's changed. Well, it has. All right. So economically, you'd um, if you if you had your way, you'd go hard out, and we'd be looking for every opportunity and doing as much as we can to do as much business in an effortful way, obviously and as is, we could. Definitely.
1: I mean, I don't know why we don't use more tidal power or other natural sources if we can. The technology is out there.
0: Well, why don't we have a nuclear power plant it does safe these days? That would power well, the whole country. that's interesting. But, I mean, done. it's safe.
1: I mean, look at Japan. Um, I'd be slow on anything like that.
0: Yeah, well, that was but, an old design, though, mate. Uh, Fourth-generation well, nuclear plants. Uh, yeah, anyway, we can go on to but, but it should look, be an option. It should be well, a consideration, shouldn't it? They?
1: I wouldn't rule out all op- any options. But neither would I be persuaded by them without proper evidence look oh no no I've got a I'll science be... degree and I and, and and like that I think and am and curious about different things and and we'll look at it scientifically and look at the evidence persuade me, I'll look at it if you've got a good idea, bring it for me and I'll examine it.
0: well, that certainly gets rid of the emissions
1: huh. yeah well, who thinks that it's possibly going to increase or help to set up a trading scheme to set up a money making scheme, et etc what yeah. happens like um, in other countries, when they had the carbon credits, you give carbon credits to places that will never, ever use that much carbon. And then they sell it off for money to someone else who can now pollute according to as much as they can afford, which means they can pollute as much as they want to, basically.
0: Not necessarily so in your backyard like, either. You can do it somewhere yeah, else. You can do it
1: in someone else's backyard. But yeah. it's just absolutely stupid to make just for example like the um, power situation whoever thought the creating middlemen in the power industries is going to make it cheaper all you do is they buy it wholesale compete against each other make their profits and then pass it on and when we buy as consumers there's so much confusion over pricing schemes no one can work it out
0: well remember who paid for all the infrastructure remember who paid for all the infrastructure remember yes, we did yeah we, did. we paid so for we, we're suckers in a way in there
1: that's right and we should not allow that sort of thing to continue
0: All right, so we've got this fragmented sort of kind of situation with multiple parties. We started talking about that on, and and we're not talking far right. That label is ridiculous. And that's nonsense. Um, Conservative, even. Can I
1: tell you a funny story? Sure. I was um, at the protest and I read in the paper somewhere there were far right extremists. So I was wandering around looking everywhere. Where are these far right extremists? I'm looking everywhere. And all I could see was a lot of Maori people and other people that reminded me of Sweetwater's back in the 70s. The yeah, I went Sweetwaters. to Sweetwater's. It was, it was really nice, yeah. And uh, so I walked around and finally I realized when I was reading something, they thought that you could serve and others would. I thought that's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I was laughing when I heard that. But the thing is there that, um, yeah, we, we've got to make changes in this
0: country. To, to be branded like that, though, when you're actually a peace-loving person, they, they were beautiful people. Um, yeah, they were. And to be, you know, yeah, yeah,
1: and 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 it was actually really impressive. I mean, they set up food for everyone. They were handing out things for people. They had a little place there for the kids. I think they were teaching them stuff. They had food setups. They had it was it was a really nice, pleasant place. It's how
0: humans do things when they get together and are human. Um, But to be labelled as basically like Nazis, remember who they were, is evil to do that. That's really bad.
1: And I was really annoyed because not one single parliament parliamentary party that was in there came out to talk to them. And you had people like ACT who, how do you look like you're doing without actually doing anything? Meet them in a pub around the corner from uh, yeah. the ACT leader. So the thing is that they were ignored. They were people just with a with their problems they wanted to come to parliament like everyone does when that's the final place to make protest instead of sort of sitting especially when they've
0: destroyed your parliament. careers and your jobs and made you um, yeah, and lose your bodily autonomy. That's what we're talking about. They yeah.
1: come out and do something, let people know what they're suffering, then there's something that was very rotten in the state of New Zealand.
0: Yeah. And it was good that they did that. All right. Is there any hope then, do you think, of bringing the <laughs> the um the fragmented YouTube. together in some sort of way? Because there is that yes. there is that you know, um, number that can be achieved, actually. Do you think there's any hope?
1: I only need two dominoes to fall and it can be done. The reality is that once people realise, for example, that there's no hope of DNZ getting in by the, and I know they've had problems, but no hope of getting in by winning a seat, they might actually wake up and realise that, hey, between New Conservative and DNZ, we can do it. And you've got Leighton as well, who was previously there. He's got a lot of force throw them in together we're guaranteed so yeah the people have to
0: behave though don't they Ted they have to behave yeah
1: and that's the thing about a coalition everyone wants to be leader but as long as you agree on what you and the funny thing is we're actually so close with regard to policies and and uh, positions that there's not much different you could put any of the candidates up and not say which party they were and you'd have a hard job telling which party they were actually from because we're all in that sort of center right area a lot
0: mm. of these ones, yeah. So, a lot of people you know, hope, and I'm of, hoping for of it. And a lot I of think people in careful. the, a lot of people in the zone of potential support. Uh, you know, they probably didn't see themselves as as anything more than centre up yeah, till now. A,
1: but a, but the thing is, why I'm saying, centre right, is because they're, they're characterised as right, and some people are better to be right than wrong. But um, <laughs> yeah, so the thing is, there. What I'm saying is, there is a possibility of doing that. And I'm hoping to try to see if we can pull people together, because, I mean, there is another coalition out there, but a coalition has to be an alliance. It has to be one not ruled by one person. It has to be all of us working together so that when we get into Parliament, we can still express our own free views and our own party lists, etc. That we have our own MPs speaking and have real debate in Parliament.
0: Well, Jim Anderton did it back in the day. He He had the
1: advantage of being an XMP coming out of Parliament on a a right, just like Winston. Yeah. Um, We don't have that advantage, but currently it's going to be a choice. And New Conservative, as the biggest small party in the centre there, has the fact, the advantage that any coalition will require us to be successful. And we're the main, basically, foundation of those, of the small right parties, small centre, small right parties. Now, we come together, we can do the job, because if we do, it's a choice between Winston or us for the balance of power. And I think this, the people in New Zealand would rather give a new party saying good things a chance than the same old tried and failed.
0: All right. Have you ever given um, uh, much of a thought to uh, sort of going into a party and trying to sort of achieve the same results uh, by building Mm -hmm. out a position, like in the National Party, for example?
1: How many people have tried that? How do you make changes when you're in the belly of the beast? The reality, these are giant, powerful machines. And if you think you can get in there and, and swing everything and change their policies, the bottom line is I, I can't um, I can't stomach working with those parties. I'm sorry, but I just can't support their policies and what they're doing. Look, I grew up in Ota, I can't stand the way that a lot of the working people are treated unfairly. Um, so that would possibly put me slightly more on that side for workers, but I'm also a small businessman. So I understand that as well. So you've got to balance those two because without those two working together, you can't do that. But at the same time, um, you've got the, the parties of the left who, are, who, while they work for the economic welfare of workers, they have their extreme sexual views and every other kind of strange policies that they bring along that you have to follow. And I'm sorry, but I can't agree with that in good conscience, and I will not stand for either of those two parties. Even if I don't get into Parliament, that's not the point. I will not stand for what I don't believe in. And this is what I believe in. you conservative.
0: Well, they didn't stand for the economic well-being of workers when they mandated them out of their bloody jobs.
1: That's right. And we oppose that.
0: And many will not forget that. Okay, enough, a
1: lot of them are forgetting, and that's another problem.
0: Okay, to be so... So not long to go before the, the big day, Um, just in terms of yep. the campaigning. What do you do to get the message out and to to get it out as in front of as many people as possible? What's your effort there? Well,
1: a good advantage of this is for the first time, we're getting 133000 and I put a big push through the broadcasting um, allocation, et cetera, outlet for the Electoral Commission, yep. and we're going to get 133000 This will be the first time that we can actually get on TV and advertise all the other ones, smaller, you got know, DNZ, you've got um all of the rest of them, and they're right, they can't get on TV. They're effectively banned. And that's another problem we have in here, the attacking democracy. How can how do you suppress a political movement? How do you suppress a religion by making sure they can't get their message out? And that message is blocked because the mainstream ignore these parties during elections. And then the government, on excuse that we don't want rich people to pay too much and give them more coverage than they're entitled Mm. to, has effectively put a complete ban on television for them getting their views across. It's supposed to be laid out on situation even for the broadcasting allocation so they have a fair opportunity to express their views. How can it be fair if you can't even get on TV? If you're given so much, so little money that you buy, what, two minutes or three minutes while the snouts of Labour and National get 1.2, 1.3 million, well, I say... If you are that big parties, pay your own money. Give them the minimum and let them pay their own money for advertising, not taking the money out of our money, our public money, to fund their propaganda, which
0: is what it is. Yeah, well, that means they can spend more on billboards and other advertising. (laughs) Yeah,
1: No, I want to say let them pay their own costs. Why should the government, our public funds be used to fund this? Give a minimum, maybe $66,000, labor and National, the rest and all of us, and say raise your own money.
0: Maybe, you know, advertising on mainstream TV is not the thing anymore yeah. because the it's audience that is watching it is effectively substantially brain dead.
1: Well, yeah, except that um, a lot of them are the ordinary people that aren't really interested in politics, that'll just go to work, um, do other things, then come out and they'll see it on TV. Well, a lot of the more aware people are out on, for example, listening to you and and other non-mainstream, but so many of those other people are who are now um, disenfranchised, who don't believe in Labour and National anymore, and they want something different. Well, I'm telling them, we at serve, are the strongest, we're the biggest party, we're the strongest chance and the best chance of anyone in the centre right there getting into Parliament. I say get behind us, and I'm calling out as well to all those other parties. I'm calling out to Democracy in New Zealand. I'm calling out to Leighton. Put everything else aside. We will come in as equals, and we will get in there. We will change this country.
0: Okay, well that call has gone out i want to thank you for coming on reality check radio and uh telling us about well your thoughts but also the positions various positions that new conservative have it's great to have our audience have access to this sort of information so they can you know make up their minds at some point so i want to thank you for coming on
1: thanks a lot paul and invite me back later see how i'm going in a couple of months
0: eh? oh don't you worry (laughs) won't be the last (laughs) Okay, thanks a lot. All right, thanks for your time. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.